You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. All right, this breaking news is not, there's actually not a lot of news for a 24-hour period. It's really odd. I've never had a 24-hour period like this where there wasn't a lot of uh, breaking news. There is obviously a lot of injury information, like always, but not a lot of just outside information that uh, we need to really talk about. I will say Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback who's supposed to be the first round, or not just first round, but first overall pick of the NFL draft next year. He tested positive for COVID-19, so he's going to be out this weekend. He will be back the following week is the expectation, but uh, if you haven't been paying attention, he kind of threw a, a screwball last week saying, hey, you know... I like Clemson. I might stay at Clemson next year. I still haven't decided. And I get where he's coming from. He's trying to, you know, he has some leverage. He's trying to use his leverage because he doesn't want to go to the Jets. You know, Jets are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And not that they're doing it on purpose. They're just a really bad team. And Trevor Lawrence looks at that situation and looks at his career. And, just, you know, he's trying to make a business decision. Like, do I go to the Jets and tough it out? and potentially ruin my career, or do I just go back to Clemson and give myself a better opportunity the following year? Now, I mean, I guess he doesn't have a choice if the Jets are just that awful two years in a row. But, uh, again, I don't blame him if that's what he's thinking, because if I was Trevor Lawrence, that's exactly what I would be thinking. Um, And that actually uh, was the first thing I thought of when that uh, bit of news came out. But regardless, you know, this is NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, and uh, we'll move on from that. Julian Edelman, he's hurt. He's not going to play against the Bills. That's a big blow for the Patriots because their offense went from anemic to just outright atrocious. Uh, Julian Edelman was their only sliver of hope in that whole offense, and now he's gone. And... You know, I kind of liked the Patriots in this game covering the spread against the Bills. Um, So it's already out there in internet land, so I'm not going to change it. But uh, I don't know how this offense is going to score against the Bills this uh, coming up weekend. You know, Demir Bird, is he going to be the other guy? Because he's the second receiver, and uh, just no one's really doing anything on that offense. it's, It's a really bad offense, so... I don't know who's going to replace Julian Edelman. I don't think they have an in-house option for him right now. You know, everyone on their team is on the trading block. It came out, the you know, today. Patriots are sellers. They're trying, you know, everyone's available on their team. And I don't blame the Patriots. I mean, get some trade, you know, trade people, get some draft capital. Um, your team's not going anywhere. They're not good. And I think the biggest problem you're going to have is that you're trying to trade people and nobody's going to want them. Uh, watching their offense play, their defense play. I think the only tradable commodity they have is Stephon Gilmore right now, and that's just unfortunate. 
the we have some injury news. The some running backs are coming back from you know being hurt and, and they're gonna play. Dalvin Cook is the biggest one. He has a prime matchup against the Packers. It looks like he's going to play. We don't have to settle for Alexander Madison anymore. And that's another thing. I don't want to hear any more talk about Alexander Madison because Alexander Madison to me, he had his opportunity. He had a chance to prove that, you know, the Minnesota scheme was you know, anyone could run in Minnesota scheme and be a star, and he just didn't. He laid a complete egg. Dalvin Cook is really good. Proved it proved to me with him being hurt and having other people try to fill his shoes how valuable is this offense. So that's a big deal of him coming back. Tevin Coleman, this is Kyle Shanahan's guy. He's coming back. You know, everyone's talking about Hasty and McKinnon in this matchup coming up against. Uh, the Seahawks, and I'll be honest, I I like Tevin Coleman. I think he comes back and plays right away, and he's going to be the hot guy that uh, needs to be played in all formats. So, um, we'll talk about it later. But that's my initial hunch: is Tevin Coleman's the guy? Philip Lindsay, he's coming back. I I kind of like Melvin Gordon against the Chargers just because of volume purposes. But with Philip Lindsay coming back, I don't like either of them. I, I don't think they're, they're either of them are huge plays. But I will say that I do like Philip Lindsay a lot better than uh, Melvin Gordon in this matchup. So I, I think the Broncos potentially can get behind early, and I think Philip Lindsay's a better receiving running back than Gordon, even though Gordon's underrated as a receiver. Um, there's a lot of players not playing, and that's something we need to focus on because if you have these guys, you need to go somewhere else for your starting lineup. Or if you have them handcuffed, this is a prime time to be using those handcuffs. And, man, uh, Kenyon Drake, not playing. Doesn't look like it. He's not practicing right now. I think Chase Edmonds comes in and takes over that role and potentially doesn't relinquish it. Chris Carson, he's out. But here's the weird thing is Carlos Hyde's hurt all of a sudden. Homer is hurt all of a sudden. Like the the only guy that's really available is DJ Dallas, and you know the former Miami Hurricane, and DJ Dallas. You know it's not a great matchup for him. He's playing against San Francisco, but he might be the play because he might be the only one left standing to uh, take the carries in the backfield. So that's something to think about when you're setting lineups and looking at starters. If you're really struggling to find someone that's going to get volume. You might want to look at DJ Dallas because uh, so far nobody's practicing and it's just him uh, getting the the practice reps. Uh, Aaron Jones doesn't look like he's going to play, so that's another game for Jamal Williams, which is you know Jamal Williams is good. He should be fine against this Viking defense. Miles Sanders isn't going to play. This is a prime matchup for Boston Scott against this Dallas Cowboys team. Boston Scott's going to have another huge day. It's kind of disappointing if you're a Miles Sanders owner because all these big matchups that uh, he could really excel at are kind of going by the wayside with his injury. But that's the way things go. Christian McCaffrey, he practiced. There was a chance that he might have played today. I didn't think that was going to happen. It didn't happen. Mike Davis had his last official start. McCaffrey starts next week, and, you know, with the way the Panthers played today, they could really use a boost like Christian McCaffrey. So it's a, it'll be exciting to get him back, even though you know Mike Davis has really played pretty well in his absence. Uh, 
Uh, Joe Mixon, he doesn't look like he's going to play. He was someone I've been talking about all week saying, you know, he should play. I think he's going to play. And he hasn't practiced yet, so it's looking like he might not. Uh, Giovanni Bernard has an amazing matchup against the Titans, so you need to pivot to him or if you don't have him, you know, sit Joe Mixon and and complain at the fact that you don't have Giovanni Bernard to, to kind of throw in there for this matchup because I think he can do really well. And uh, that will do it for the breaking news. There's There's not much else. I want to take the time really quick to kind of go over the Thursday night game. It was not as entertaining as I thought it would be. It was kind of sloppy, to be honest. I was expecting really big things from Teddy Bridgewater, expecting big things from Todd Gurley, expecting big things from DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, was expecting big things from Calvin Ridley. Uh, But to be honest, it was more along the lines of watching the game and just hoping that everyone makes it through the game without getting hurt because there was a lot of injuries. Luckily, you know, Teddy Bridgewater took a nasty hit from Charles Harris. He ended up getting uh, suspended from the game. They're basically like, get out of here. Don't ever come back. And it was it was kind of a dirty hit. Um, it was, you know, Dante Fowler Jr. tripped him, and so he kind of fell to the ground, and as he was on the ground, Harris just came in there and got, you know, aimed right at his head and his neck and kind of bent it ways that it shouldn't be bent. So that was a good call getting him out of the game. That was unnecessary. And, you know, luckily he wasn't out for the whole game because that would have been a big blow for the Panthers, even though it was kind of a big blow for them anyways because they didn't win. Uh, But, you know, Todd Gurley got hurt. Luckily he came back in the game. Um, Calvin Ridley got hurt didn't come back into the game. So if you're a Calvin Ridley owner, you're pretty disappointed. And then uh, on top of everything, uh, Curtis Samuel dominated the game. And I had him as a sit of all things, and he goes out and scores two touchdowns, player of the game from both sides. But uh, had Matt Ryan as a sit, he was definitely a sit. He ran for a touchdown, a 23-yard touchdown. It was like the longest rushing touchdown of his life. Which was good for Matt Ryan, but uh, and it was good for fantasy owners because you got these six points instead of the four points for a touchdown pass. But outside of that, he really didn't do much, and so it was kind of a good call to have him as a sit because he didn't pass for one touchdown, threw an interception, and kind of showed why the Panthers are pretty good against that uh, quarterback position. Russell Gage had two catches. I said to sit him, and Hayden Hurst had about 50 yards, which for tight end is... I don't know, it's about average yardage-wise, but no touchdowns, so that definitely hurts his uh, weekly output. I said to start Teddy Bridgewater, and he was kind of disappointing, but of course he was out for part of the game as well from that injury. Todd Gurley, he salvaged his day. It looked really, uh, it looked like, uh, yeah, thunderstorms and rain clouds and doom and gloom with, from his injury, but then he came back in the game and scored a touchdown, ended up getting about 10 points, which is the average, so not spectacular, but uh, passable for the circumstances. Mike Davis, he had about 70 yards total offense, and you know, you expect bigger things from Mike Davis in this matchup, and he didn't deliver. 
and uh, that pretty much closes the book on Mike Davis. I think they try to use him a little bit, but you know, you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I don't see how you try to take carries away from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and and Mike Davis started fading towards the end. You know, he had he started doing amazing these last two weeks, not so much. So, you know, it kind of justified that uh, McCaffrey's big contract that he has. Robbie Anderson didn't really do much. DJ Moore was invisible, completely invisible. He uh, definitely was a ghost. And uh, you wouldn't even know he was playing the game today until about the fourth quarter. He had a, you know, three catches and uh, made some great plays. And it kind of proved to me that all you really have to do is throw the ball up to DJ Moore and he'll catch it. So Ian Thomas did okay. You know, he had an amazing matchup and they used him more than what they normally do, but still not anything spectacular. And, you know, obviously Calvin Ridley getting hurt was a big blow. He could have still had a big game if he came back. He didn't, so that kind of ruined everyone's fantasy football week if they started him. And then Julio Jones, 137 yards receiving. That's just insane. Still didn't score a touchdown because that's Julio Jones-like. You know, getting all that yards and not scoring, that's what Julio Jones does. But whatever. Um, I, I called the spread. The Panthers were favored by three points. I took the Falcons and said to t- take the Falcons. And if you did, you won some money tonight. So uh, good things all around. I don't think any of the injuries are serious or long-term. But, uh, yeah, it was a low-scoring, more physical game than what I thought. I thought it was going to be more of a shootout, and it just didn't happen. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. First game we're going to preview is the New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears. The Saints are favored by two and a half, and I got to agree with them. I think the Saints win by at least a field goal. Bears are, you know, they have a great record, but they don't play the part of a good team. They don't look as good as their record. I mean, that offense is just really a stagnant offense. Fantasy football-wise, you're starting Nick Foles, and I know you're gasping at that, like, starting Nick Foles against the Saints? Yeah, Saints give up a lot of points to the quarterback position, and it's one of those things where you're not expecting a good game from Nick Foles, but this is where you would get it. Um, You're starting Alvin Kamara because you're never benching him. You're starting Allen Robinson because you're never benching him either. Um, I, I definitely like his floor. I think his floor is worth starting with the volume. However, even with a good matchup, I'm concerned about his ceiling because Nick Foles is throwing him the ball. And uh, if, if Nick Foles is throwing you the freaking ball, that scares me a little bit in what your ceiling could be. But you're starting him because he's Allen Robinson. Jared Cook. It's a great matchup for Jared Cook on the Saints. You're, you're starting him. 
And then, you know what? I think the player of the game, like the one that's going to have the uh, the biggest impact on this game is Jimmy Graham. And I'm nervous about that because I wasn't a big fan of Jimmy Graham in this situation. It looked like he was left for dead for the Packers. Really had no chemistry on the Packers. Goes to Chicago, and all of a sudden now he's catching touchdown passes and being relevant. And I like him actually more than most tight ends this week. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Jimmy Graham for sure is a must-start. You're sitting Drew Brees. Bears do well against the quarterback. You're actually sitting almost everyone on the Saints. Uh, Bears are a good defense. They shut people down. People don't have really good games against them. Michael Thomas doesn't look like he's going to play again this week. And if he does end up playing, I don't think this is a good game for him to come back to. I don't think he'll be very productive. So it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding in this one. So if you're taking the over-under, I take the under because this is looking like a defensive battle and uh, not a lot of promise for fantasy production. The next game is the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three and a half points. And for whatever reason, I don't see it. I am taking San Francisco and getting the points. You know, Seattle might win, but I don't think it's going to be more than three points. So uh, I I don't know. I just like the 49ers going to, you know, away stadiums and, and producing just because of that defense. Fantasy football-wise, you're starting Jimmy Garoppolo. He has an amazing start. Seattle just gives up points to everybody. And if the 49ers decide to pass in this game, which I think is the only downfall, is the fact that they're a running team and just might not want to deviate from their identity. They, uh, But the matchup is theirs for Jimmy Garoppolo. So all the ladies can wean and scream about him passing the ball over the field you know, winking and put rubbing his hands or his fingers through his hair. Um, but if he does do that, hopefully he's hitting Brandon Ayuk because I really like Brandon Ayuk in this one. He's one of my plays of the week as well just because the matchup screams that he's going to have a big day. Um, overall, though, in this, in this game, I think it's going to be a defensive matchup more than what uh, we're thinking. I, I definitely don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Russell Wilson, you know, you're going to start because he's Russell Wilson. You're going to start Tyler Lockett because he's Tyler Lockett. Same with DK Metcalf. You're going to start basically all the Seahawks because of who they are. Um, but it's not a good matchup for them. So they could definitely fade outside of the top 12. And Tyler Lockett does at times have an amazing game and then um, totally disappears the next game. That's been kind of Tyler Lockett's M.O., so it makes me nervous trying to play him this week because it's a tough matchup, and that's happened more than twice for sure that Tyler Lockett has followed a big game with a, a really bad game. Um, Debo Samuel's not going to play. It looks like he's hurt again. That's unfortunate because Debo Samuel's a great talent, just can't stay healthy. That's not going to make you fantasy football relevant, and at this point... I, I think you can drop Debo Samuel because you can find other players that are more productive and, and actually playing. Um, we talked about DJ Dallas. If he's the only running back, uh, you definitely have to play him just from volume perspective. 
Uh, it's not a good matchup, but who else are they going to use? But if other running backs are playing, just bench all of Seattle uh, running backs. It's, it's not a good matchup for them. So Hasty Hyde, Dallas, uh, they're on my bench. Jared McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, they're on my bench as well. Um, I, I just don't think the 49ers are going to be able to run against Seattle. Seattle actually has a decent run defense. It's their secondary that is lacking and getting burned. And then, you know, all the tight ends for Seattle, they can all be on the bench. And, and part of that's tr- uh, part of it is San Francisco is really good at defending the tight end. But you have a three-headed monster in Hollister, Disley, and Olsen. And Jacob Hollister, the fashion model, uh, he's getting more involved, but he's... Like I said, it's a bad matchup. You're not sure who they're going to use. Big Country, Will Disley, you know, he caught a touchdown not too long ago. And it's just there's too many options, and and it's not a good matchup. So anyway, having said that, I really like the San Francisco 49ers to cover the spread. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I would actually take the under on this. I think people think it's going to be higher scoring than what it ends up being. So, And this is a big divisional game in the NFC West, and this is shaping out to be the best division in football right now. The final Sunday afternoon game is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Chargers are favored by one point, and I'm going with the mile-high magic. Broncos are at home. I think that they cover, and I actually think they might win this game. Chargers, for the last couple of years, have played horrible at Denver, and you know they just they haven't played well. And this has kind of been their Achilles heel. You, you know they've they've had games where they came in expecting to just dominate. They haven't. So I'm taking Denver in this one. You're starting Drew Locke, and before you laugh, I actually think Drew Locke's going to have a better game than what people think. Um, I, I think it could potentially be a top 15 play. Uh, it's going to be right on that fringe. He could potentially be a, a decent play. And it's all going to be because of the tight ends, but we'll get to that soon. Keenan Allen, you're going to start him just because of volume. Justin Herbert's going to f- focus on somebody, and that somebody's going to be Keenan Allen. He's one of the best receivers in football, and I think as he builds that rapport with Herbert, his stats are going to improve. So you need to be playing Keenan Allen. Noah Fant I have on here, and, and that that's true with Albert uh, O. whatever. I can't pronounce the other tight end's name. Uh, Okunwanabom or whatever. He's going to be uh, – he has a rapport with Drew Locke because they both were teammates at Missouri. Um, he got eight targets last week, and that was with Noah Fant playing. Noah Fant got like seven targets. So what I think Denver's strategy is is they're going away from their receivers a little bit and focusing on their tight ends. And I definitely think they can create some mismatches with their tight ends. And Noah Fant is a good play, and that's if he stays healthy because I know that uh, he's a little banged up. But uh, this will be a good play for actually both those tight ends. You're sitting Justin Herbert. The magic is slowly draining away. I, I definitely like Justin Herbert still. I think he's a great quarterback. But these matchups that he's starting to have are getting a little bit tougher, and I don't expect the uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars-type performances uh, for a couple weeks. So uh, he's, on, he's on your bench. He's outside the top 12. Melvin Gordon we talked about. 
Philip Lindsay's coming back potentially. I would rather go with Philip Lindsay in this matchup than Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon the third. Uh, you've cloned yourself three times, and this third version is not going to do anything against the Chargers. Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, both pretty much big disappointments since Austin Eckler's been hurt. You thought you were really going to see some Joshua Kelly explode onto the scene. You haven't. Justin Jackson was supposed to explode onto the scene last week. He hasn't. So uh, I'm out on on those running backs. And and even with the Denver inj- injuries that they've had, uh, that they've sustained, I they still can stop the rush. And they might give up a lot of yards passing, but uh, they don't give up a lot of yards rushing. So I don't like either of them. Mike Williams, he was kind of of a mirage. We expected a big game to uh, from him last week. Didn't happen. Jerry Judy, uh, I don't like him very much uh, for the Broncos. And actually, Tim Patrick, he's on the fence. I, I don't like him just because of the matchup, but then it's like, you know, if they don't throw their to their tight ends, who are they throwing to? Tim Patrick can get open. He's like the one guy that's kind of, you know, he, he runs pretty good routes and he gets open. So I think uh, if any receiver from the Broncos is going to do anything, it's going to be Tim Patrick. But as of right now, I have him as a sit because you probably have better options on your roster. But again, with the bye weeks, if you don't, I mean, you might want to roll the dice. It could be, could be to your benefit. Hunter Henry's on my bench. Just no. This matchup is horrible for him. So, um, these Sunday afternoon games, there's not a lot I'm looking forward to. I think it's a lot of defensive battles, and uh, it'll be interesting just to watch it from that perspective. Now it's time for the big Sunday night matchup. Everyone's excited. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Going to be a barn burner. Um, the Eagles are favored by three and a half points. I think they win by way more than that. You know, a guy named Ben DiNucci is going to be the quarterback for the Cowboys. I don't see the Cowboys surviving this. I think the Eagles are going to just have a heyday with this offense. Uh, Just not the same without Dak Prescott. And having said that, I'm... I'm also... I don't know. I'm sitting Michael Gallup because I don't think, you know, outside of the main two receivers that... uh, uh, ben DiNucci is going to be able to do too much damage through the air. Um, I'm starting Ezekiel Elliott because, you know, it's a bad matchup for him, but the Cowboys need to do something. And I just like that volume. I think he can do something with that volume. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott is a start for me, even though, again, it's a bad matchup. Boston Scott, or sorry, let's not go to the Eagles. Let's stay on the Cowboys. Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, you're starting them. Um, just because target-wise, I think they get enough targets to be relevant, and they might be able to get a sneaky touchdown. Uh, you can hope, but again, it's kind of grim just because of who's playing quarterback. Um, but who knows? We don't know a lot about Ben DiNucci. Um, he, you know, went to James Madison, I, I believe. Came from Pitt originally. Um, no one's really seen him play, so maybe he goes out and just lights it on fire, and he's the answer. But uh, usually don't bank on that. And uh, if <laughs> if he did do that, uh, we'd be talking about a lot of other things. Um, 
Dalton Schultz, good matchup for him. Again, with Danucci, it's still tough to play him. Eagles wide, um, I, I like everything on the Eagles. Miles Sanders is hurt, obviously, so Boston Scott's going to play. That's what I was trying to get at earlier. And, and Boston Scott is an amazing play. Cowboys, are they suck. They can't defend the running back. They're, they just cut their whole defense a couple days ago. They're going to have guys that uh, aren't used to starting, just trying to go out there and perform. So I'm, I like Boston Scott a whole lot in this matchup. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I like him a lot. He's been a target machine since he broke out against the Steelers. I think that continues in this matchup. Uh, Jalen Rager, he's supposed to come back and play in this game. So if he does come back and play in this game, I think he's a good play and you need to play him. And then uh, Richard Rodgers, uh, I think he's a good play here. Eagles tight ends, they throw to their tight ends. They throw to them a lot. Uh, he's a good play. And uh, obviously we talked about Dallas Goddard. He might come back. If he plays, he's a good play. You need to put him in your lineup. But if he doesn't, fine. Just stash him. He's, uh, it's definitely something to monitor, though, for this matchup. And... Usually this is a five-star matchup, so I can understand why it was Sunday night. But, I mean, after the the afternoon games, we're going to be like, man, we're really going to have to be, you know, forced to watch this type of football with these teams. Uh, that's the way it goes sometimes, especially when you're trying to predict matchups early in the season. Now it's time for the Monday night matchup. This is definitely going to be a little bit better than the Cowboys and Eagles, but not by much. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Giants. The Buccaneers are favored by 10 points. And being the away team going up to New York, 10 points is a lot. But for whatever reason, I'm picking the Buccaneers to cover. I just think they win by more than 10 points. And uh, I usually don't like to do that with uh, you know a road team covering at 10 points, but um, feeling a little bit ballsy in this one, and, and I'm taking the Buccaneers. In regards to starting and sitting, for the Buccaneers, you're starting Ronald Jones. He has a great matchup against this Giants team. I don't think, you know, Leonard Fournette was kind of a threat where you, you thought maybe that would dip into the type of season that Ronald Jones is having. He's really coming into his own and, and being a really good running back. So, um, but I don't think Leonard Fournette is even a factor in this one. Ronald Jones is your guy. You need to start him. Mike Evans, you're definitely starting Mike Evans. And Chris Godwin is out on this one. He's not going to play. He might be out a couple weeks. And it just happens to coincide with Antonio Brown returning. Antonio Brown does not need a lot of practice to just be a dominant receiver. Even if you're getting 60% of Antonio Brown, it's better than most players 100%. So Antonio Brown is a must-start in this matchup, along with Mike Evans. And uh, I just think that uh, Giants give up a lot of passing yards. Both Mike Evans and Antonio Brown are good plays in this one. Antonio Brown's definitely a risky play because you don't know what you have in him. You're just throwing him out there. He hasn't seen the football field in over a year. What's he going to do? Um, but at the same time, he, he was the number one receiver when he left. So he, it could be one of those gambles that pays off and helps your fantasy football team win uh, this week. So basically, I put it into two categories. The two categories are my team is really horrible. I suck. I keep losing. 
I'm going to play Antonio Brown to give my team a spark. Maybe that's the difference maker. Maybe he's going to help me win my week. Um, you know, he definitely has a higher ceiling than most guys. So I'm going to give it a shot. Great, do it. If your team is, you know, on the upper echelons of your fantasy football league, I don't know you take this risk because you don't want to lose a week playing Antonio Brown and then he ends up not doing anything and you have the opportunity to play other people. And this one's tough too because it's on Monday night. But anyway, just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, there's, it's definitely going to be dependent on what your team is and what strategy you're going to deploy, uh, whether you're trying to make the playoffs or you're uh, just trying to play it safe. So uh, Scotty Miller, I have him as a start. And the reason why I have Scotty Miller as a start is because everyone's high on him. Everyone's like, go get Scotty, play Scotty. And then they do, and he gets zero points, and he doesn't do anything. Then you put him on your bench because you're pretty mad at him. You're like, Scotty, you're, you're horrible, and I'm not going to play you anymore, so you're on my bench. And then he blows it up and has a great game. So then you think it, you know, think about it the next week, and you're like, well, I'm going to give Scotty Miller another chance. He just blew it up, and then he does nothing. And so this has been the pattern with fantasy football owners. And I'm glad I don't have Scotty Miller on my team, but if you do, that's kind of what you're going to be expecting. And with this matchup here, you're going to have him on your bench more than likely because you've given up on him. Or he's going to be cut and on the waiver wire. But regardless, this is a matchup where you – you know, he's going to go off just because nobody has him starting on their team. Uh, everyone else you kind of need to sit. Daniel Jones, horrible matchup. Buccaneers defense is really good. They're the best team against the run. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm sitting Daniel Jones. Tom Brady, I know it's hard to keep him on your bench, but he's a bench for me. The Giants, no matter who they play, do a good job at defending the quarterback position and... You know, I just, they're at home. I can see some more of the same. Tom Brady's definitely out of my top 13. Wayne Gallman, because you don't know if he's going to take over for Devonta Freeman. Uh, it's looking like he will, Devonta Freeman's ankle. Um, but, again, the Buccaneers are the best at defending the run, so Gallman's pretty much a non-factor in this one. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, all those guys on the Giants, they're all benches. I, I think Tampa Bay is able to contain them. Out of all of them, I like Sterling Shepard the best, just from a target perspective. I think he can get a sneaky touchdown, and you know if he's getting, you know, eight, nine targets in this game, he can be relevant. But uh, for now, he's on my bench. And then Evan Ingram, I'm just sitting him. I'm tired of Evan Ingram. This isn't a good matchup, but he hasn't been producing very much on good matchups. And the Giants recently stated that they're not going to trade him. He, they consider him part of their future because he's a playmaker. Well, he needs to start making plays. And I get that part of it's Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones hasn't been playing great. But Evan Ingram definitely needs to step it up and, and show why the Giants' front office has so much faith in him. Rob Gronkowski, you're sitting him. He had a good week last week. I know Gronkowski lovers. Uh Gronk smashing, he got to do it finally, uh, the Gronk smash spike, and I just, uh, it just doesn't have a good matchup, and he's not going to be in the top 10 tight ends, he's on my bench at this point. 
And uh, I, this matchup would be a lot better if Freeman and Godwin were playing, but with their injuries, they're not, unfortunately. And uh, I think that's going to create a lower-scoring game than what we think it's going to. Here's the fun part of the show, where I do the fan duel lineups, try to win you guys some money. And uh, this was a hard week because there wasn't a lot of star players playing. And on top of that, there was a lot of mediocre players with good matchups that would kind of make you nervous to play. Uh, so in the end, with all that uh, mess that we had to wade through, this is the FanDuel lineup that I created. And if you're following along, we talked about it last week. I was able to be in the money. So that's, what, two weeks in a row? So I'm getting on a little streak, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, let's start talking about my lineup this week. At quarterback, I have Derek Carr. He's $7,300. I like the price point on him, especially with some of the moves I made with the other positions. Derek Carr is playing the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns cannot defend the pass. So John Gruden, I think, knows this and is going to target the Cleveland secondary all game long, and that's going to cause Carr to throw for a lot of yards and touchdowns. Um, and again, at that price, uh, it's worth taking a chance on uh, you know, to build the best uh, lineup. Running back, I have Daryl Henderson. He's at $6,100, and I get it. I, I just, what, three weeks ago was saying, I'm never using Daryl Henderson again. I'm done with Daryl Henderson. He's not going to do anything. Um, I'm not going to build him up anymore. Well, there's two things about this I like. For one, Daryl Henderson's playing the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins give up a lot of rushing yards, and they give up a lot of passing yards. Daryl Henderson is the pass-catching running back, or at least he's the better of the three catching passes. And on top of that, he hasn't had a lot of hype this week about his matchup. Usually when he has a lot of hype, Sean McVay is like, we can't have this hype. I'm done with it. I'm not going to be playing Daryl Henderson. I will pivot to Malcolm Brown and then explain why I didn't use him at the press conference. Um, in this case, there hasn't been a lot of hype. I think they do use Daryl Henderson, and he ends up performing and having a big game. Uh, and on definitely on a FanDuel lineup, you don't want to have a lot of the same people in your lineup that everyone else is having because then you don't win money that way. So you need some outliers on your lineup that have potential to produce and go big, and if they do hit, then that's when you get your money. So you need to have those kind of people, and Daryl Henderson, for me, is one of those. Other running back position, I played it safe. I went with the sure thing in Dalvin Cook, $9,200, definitely paying for the sure thing. But he's playing the Packers. Packers can't defend the running back. And Dalvin Cook is the best at running the ball in the NFL. I think Dalvin Cook and uh, Derrick Henry are the two prime ground-and-pound type running backs. And this matchup's too good to be true. I get that he was hurt and there's some trepidation with make, you know being confident in his participation. But... I think Dalvin Cook is fine and has a big game. My wide receiver is Devontae Adams because, you know, why not? 
he dominated last week for me with almost 200 yards and, and two touchdowns. And this matchup against the Vikings is just as good. The Vikings don't have a secondary. They're playing rookies. They're struggling. Well, why not just throw in Devontae Adams, who does know what he's doing and is a big threat? He's at $9,100. I like the play. I'm spending a lot on him as well, but it's worth it to me in this matchup. My next receiver is A.J. Brown. He's at $7,500. A.J. Brown's playing the Bengals. Now, the Bengals don't give up a ton of yards to the wide receiver. It's more to the tight end, but I don't care. A.J. Brown is going to get all the volume and going to dominate this team. I can see more big plays against the Bengals, kind of that, you know, kind of like what he made against the Steelers. But uh, there is, you know, his knee is hurting and he's on the injury report. Uh, but I don't think that's going to affect his game day availability. I think he plays and he plays well. My next receiver spot is kind of my bargain bin shopping. I don't have much of a budget left with all the money I spent, so I went with Nelson Aguilar. He's $5,000. He's going to be playing in the slot against the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns are the absolutely worst team defending the slot receiver, and Nelson Aguilar is a bigger playmaker than Hunter Renfro. Gets the touchdowns, gets the you know uh, 17 yards per reception averages, and that is going to win you fantasy football weeks with someone at a low cost. So I'm going all in on Nelson Aguilar. I think he gets gets me the points I need to be competitive. And at the price of 5000 it doesn't get any better than that. Tight end, my big tight end pick is Jimmy Graham. He's at $5,400. I like Jimmy Graham a whole lot. I like him a whole lot. $5,400 is a great bargain. You know, he's, he's, uh, he, Jimmy Graham is definitely, you know, I'm trying to find a good adjective for him. He's old, he's overrated, he didn't do anything, you know, we talked about it before against the Packers, when he, or when he played for the Packers, he didn't do anything. He thought he was washed up and done. Bears signed him, and you're like, what are you doing, Bears? What are you doing? Is he really going to do anything in your offense like you're, you're paying for someone that's uh you know on their past production and here's the thing though the saints are a really bad team against the tight end and jim uh the bears don't have a lot of receiving options so i think this opens up a really well for jimmy graham to have a breakout game against the saints like you know he already had a breakout game where he scored two touchdowns um, I think he has another one in him against the Saints because they're not going to be able to hit Allen Robinson as much as they want. They can't hit Dar- Darnell Mooney. Um, they try, but for for whatever reason, Nick Foles can't. You know, they can't, they can't they can't connect. They don't have any chemistry. Uh, man, it's just I'm having a lot of trouble talking about this Bears offense. I blame Matt Nagy because his offense is so horrid. But uh, regardless, with all that uh, with all that puke in the this offense, uh, Jimmy Graham is the uh, the guiding light that uh, should be started. Um, moving on to our flex position, there's I went with receiver. I usually try to go three running back, three receiver. This one's just too good to be true. I went with Brandon Ayuk. 
He's at $5,900. He was targeted like nine times last week and had an, a great game. So that was with a, a good matchup. He had a good matchup last week and st- still was able to do that. So uh, I'm going to go all in on him with this matchup against Seattle. Seattle's secondary is horrid. Receivers do whatever they want against them. Brandon Ayuk is all they have at receiver. Uh, Debo Samuels hurt. He's going to be out. You know, Kendrick Bourne might be a sneaky play because of that. But I'm going with the more talented player in Brandon Ayuk. You know, he can do those sweeps, and I just like his versatility. Like, you know, he can... He can rush the ball, he can catch the ball, he can do everything. And he's the type of player in my flex that I want, that I think can have a big game. And he's cheap. I mean, $5,900. Again, I used most of my budget. So with that type of ceiling that he has, with that price tag, I'm going all in on him. Defense, um, I chose the Chargers at Denver. $4,300. Denver's offense has not looked that good. Drew Locke has been really rusty since he came back from injury. Been uh, turning the ball over a little bit too much and with the Chargers able to stop the run, it's going to force Denver to pass and that's when I think things get bad for Denver in this one. So you know, at that price range I think it's a good risk and especially being that uh, later in the afternoon type game uh, there's not a lot of offensive people I like in these games, so that means I think it's going to be a more defensive matchup, and this falls right in line with that thinking. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Maltabon Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Here's our fun part of the podcast where we try to predict the top three position players at each position and see how close we came. We will jump right into it. At quarterback, I at number three, I have Derek Carr at the Browns. And we kind of talked about it. He was in my FanDuel lineup. I like the matchup. Browns are horrible at defense, and Derek Carr's going to do it. He's going to hit Nelson Aguilar. He's going to hit Darren Waller. There's a lot of options. Josh Jacobs is, is around. Maybe he'll catch some passes. So there's just there's just too much to 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 like in this one. Um, Ryan Tannehill at the Bengals is my number two. I like the fact that he's a mobile quarterback. You know the play action I think is going to be effective against the Bengals, and I could see a heyday for Janu Smith for AJ Brown and basically just you know playing off of Derrick Henry. And the Bengals can't stop the rush, so they're going to be selling out to stop Derrick Henry, and I think they can get creative with that, and I think that uh, means great things for Ryan Tannehill. And my number one is uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the number one star of the week against the Vikings. The Vikings secondary is horrible. They're starting rookies. We talked about it with Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is the one going to be getting him the ball. And then Alan Lazard might come back. You know, we talked about it in our other podcast. So if that's the case, that gives him another weapon to use that he has a good rapport with. And this is just a matchup made in heaven. I think the only thing that ruins Aaron Rodgers being the number one quarterback this week is they build too much of a lead, and then they start running the ball. So if that doesn't happen, that uh, game flow aside, I think Aaron Rodgers is 
the play of the week. Running back, my number three running back is Le'Veon Bell versus the Jets. And you can put two and two together to realize why I think this is going to be a huge matchup for Bell. He just came from the Jets. It's like he went to the Chiefs to go and play the Jets. I think the Chiefs take a huge lead early on. That leaves a lot of running for Bell. And this is like a revenge tour for him. It's going to be the uh, his old teammates, his uh, old coach that he hates. This coach hates him. It's uh, He's going to want to prove him wrong. And it's going to be a annihilation by Le'Veon Bell and a really big game. So I have him as my number three running back. And my number two star of the week at running back is Kareem Hunt versus the Raiders. Kareem Hunt can catch passes. He can run the ball. Raiders can't defend either. So it's just opening up to for him to have a huge game. Kareem Hunt made the list last week. Didn't quite do as well as I thought. But uh, I think he comes back this week and, and does what we thought he was going to do last week. The, the matchup is great. It's one of the best matchups in, in football this week, so I, I cannot not have him on my list. Dalvin Cook is number one against the Packers. We talked about this already. It's Dalvin Cook. It's the Packers. It's lined up to be a great day for Dalvin Cook, and I will spend whatever money I can to have him on my roster, and uh, that's what I did. Wide receiver. Our stars of the week at wide receiver are a little interesting. But our number three is T. Higgins against the Raiders. I just really like T. Higgins. I think he's a star in the making. He's getting more and more targets every week. He's doing more and more with the ball every week. And the Raiders aren't that good at stopping the wide receiver position. Um, You know, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, I think they demand more attention. So that opens things up for T. Higgins to have a big game. And they're going to say, you know, we'll, we'll contain Boyd and Green. We're going to make Higgins beat us. And he will. I think he will. So Nelson Aguilar is my number two star of the week at the Browns. We don't need to talk about it. We talked about it already on my FanDuel lineup. Uh, this is just a prime matchup for the Raiders and Nelson Aguilar. I think he just has... This is a maybe a game where he doesn't have necessarily a lot of targets or yards, but he has a ton of touchdowns. And just the Raiders in general, or sorry, the uh, the Browns in general can't defend the slot position. That Those receivers really dominate them. And Nelson Aguilar, his yards per catch are just, they're, they're, they exceed 17 yards per catch, and that's just insane to me. Number one star of the week. It's the number one at wide receiver, Devontae Adams, against the Vikings. And we talked about this. The Vikings are not very good at stopping the pass. They have a rookie uh, in the secondary that I think they'll pick on. And, I, you know, it's tough to say that he's going to have the same week he had last week because those don't come along every day. But he's going to have a really good day, and he's going to be open a lot. So I think the only time that he doesn't get the ball is Aaron Rodgers is going to be tired of throwing to him. He's going to be like, hey, Devontae, you're open? Okay, well, here, I'm going to throw it to Tanya, and he needs some. Oh, Alan Lazard, you need some? Oh, I'm going to throw it to him. Oh, sorry, Devontae, I know you're wide open in the end zone, but let's get Jamal Williams some catches, get him in the flow of things. 
Like, that's the type of game I think it's going to be. And it's going to be ridiculous, and that's why he's definitely the number one receiver. Tight end. My number three star of the week is Darren Waller at Cleveland. Kind of the same thing. Cleveland can't defend the tight end very well. And it's really because they can't defend the middle of the field very well. So that's really going to open things up for Darren Waller. It's going to be the Derek Carr to Darren Waller and Nelson Aguilar show all game long against the Cleveland Browns. And they're both set up to have really nice games, so they're on the list. My number two is Jimmy Graham versus the Saints. You know, we talked about this a little bit already. Uh, Bears offense, really horrible, not fun to talk about. Jimmy Graham, though, in this matchup against the Saints is going to be the top play for any team. And with tight end matchups this week, they're really hard to come by. They're just nothing that jumped out at me of being intriguing. Um, Jimmy Graham was definitely one of them where I just, you know, I'm like, hey, this could actually be a good thing for the Bears and for Jimmy Graham. So he's my number two. And then my number one is Janu Smith. I like Janu Smith a lot. Uh, he's playing the Bengals. Bengals can't cover him. They can't defend him. Janu Smith is a freak of nature. He breaks tackles. He has a lot of separation for a tight end. Uh, this could be a really big game for him. So he's my number one star, and you need to be starting him on all formats because he's that good of a tight end. So we will find out how I do. We'll definitely talk about it. But, uh, I again, I like my Fando picks. I like my stars of the week. Uh, it's lining up nicely. And now it's just time to sit back and watch the games and see how our fantasy football teams do. All right, everybody, the hay is in the barn. All the prep work for the week, all the information that we needed for the week is complete. Now it's time just to make your lineups, place your bets, sit back with a cool beer, watch the games, cheer on your team, cheer on your fantasy football team, cheer on your bets. And uh, if you listen to some of our advice this week, hopefully you did, and uh, it's going to lead you to victory and uh, some cash on top of that. In the meantime... This is the Burke and Miz the Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Miz the Wiz Montalban. Please leave us a review. Give us a comment. Like us. Rate us. Uh, but treat us well. And in the meantime, we'll uh, get back at it next week to review the week that was. So, cheers. And good luck. <laughs>